It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams, you guys know what that means. We have got downtown Rams with us, and today that means we've got Jake Ellenbogen. Jake, how you doing, my man? I'm great, Bear. How are you? Dude, I'm awesome, man. We're just, uh, I'm out here in obviously Southern California living it up. And we were just talking before we got on here that you are, you're making a move, man. Two years, got a game plan coming out to Los Angeles. You'll be out here for uh, one of the games this season. So we'll have to link up. Maybe we'll do like a live podcast or something. We'll have to like do one of those uh, IG lives. You'll have to do it on uh, your account. You got like 10,000 more followers than I do. But hey, that's what it's all about. Guys, if you're not following, go check out at Downtown Rams on Twitter and Instagram. Also, Locked On Rams, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We all have all all the social medias. Also, LA underscore Rambling Bear for myself and JK Bogan, DTR uh, for Jake. So go give everyone a follow. Also, all of our shows, you can find uh, Downtown Rams as well as Locked On Rams on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Himalaya, uh, check it out, download it. It's free, really cool new streaming app that's coming out. And I'm sure you guys know about it because I talk about it all the time. But uh, Jake, my man, glad to have you on. Excited to talk about some things. I got a few things that we'll go over today. Uh, we kind of have been talking about the running back scenario and what's going on this offseason with some of the big names trying to get some more money. So I want to kind of pick your brain about that. We'll kind of go into a deep dive. Uh, one of the articles you just put up about uh, Jamil Demby. A guy that's looking to make the team, was on the practice squad last year. We'll talk about him a little bit. And then if we get some time, we're going to talk about the Madden uh, ratings that came out and all the drama and the players that care and the players that don't care and where the Rams sit and all that. Uh, But we'll go back and we'll start um, with this running back market. And obviously Todd Gurley got paid last year from the Rams, 60 million, something like that, 45 million guaranteed. Uh, came out and had a hell of a year, man. Earned the contract uh, in the last couple of years and really has been crazy productive and then came out and just balled out this year. Yes, the end of the season, we all know how it kind of played out. Got a little banged up, took a couple games off. The playoffs, other than that Dallas game, didn't have as much as an impact as probably we wanted him to. Uh, some of that is play calling it. Some of that is just production. But uh, Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, the two guys that are potentially looking to hold out uh, talk to me about, do you think there is this market, this big money market for running backs? A lot of people kind of, you know, put their nose up at that paying running backs, a bunch of money. Are you on the pay the man side? Or are you on a, uh, maybe, maybe find a different running back. What, what is your thoughts? Obviously we got Todd Gurley, but what are your thoughts on the two running backs, uh, Gordon and Zeke? Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon had his first year, uh, 5.1 yards per carry, has first year over uh, 3.9 yards per carry. Um, this is somebody that's only played one full season in the NFL. He was my RB1 coming out of college. I had him ahead of Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley's injury really worried me. But um, I also had Melvin Gordon as just the better prospect on film. Well, I'll tell you right now, and you know I've admitted when I'm wrong. 
Um, I do get things right. But <laughs> this, I, this one I definitely think I got wrong. Um, I would pay Todd Gurley again uh, before I paid Melvin Gordon. And, you know, I think really the Chargers, they have the leverage here. We have Austin Eckler. We have Justin Jackson, you know, a UDFA who, I mean, I think Justin Jackson, I believe he came from Northwestern. Uh, Justin Jackson looked really good last year in relief. And, you know, the best ability is availability. So when I said in relief, Justin Jackson should not be playing if Melvin Gordon, you know, his best, uh, you know, ability is availability. And the fact of the matter is it's not. So, you know, you have to worry about the injury concerns. Uh, I think, you know, to me, I think he is a very talented back. Um, but I, I feel like, and I don't want to call him a dime a dozen, but I feel like you could just go out and get Travis Etienne in the draft. You know what I mean? Or you could grab, uh, you know, AJ Dillon from, you know, Boston college, Travis Etienne is from, uh, Clemson. Uh, there, there's going to be guys there. You know, I, I mean, I would make the argument if this was before the draft and the chargers had knowledge, I mean, they could have gotten, you know, Darrell Henderson, right. the best running back in the draft, in my opinion, or they could have gotten Josh Jacobs. So they, you know, it, it's really that that's just kind of how I look at that is it, that's not a position where I feel like you have a lot of leverage. I mean, you know, Devontae Freeman went from being the highest paid at 8 million to getting blown out of the water. Cause now look at Devontae Freeman. I mean, that looks like a bargain right after Todd Gurley gets his deal, but Freeman was hurt the entire year last year. And Freeman was really, in my opinion, he was the lesser back that got there first, established himself back when Steven Jackson was in Atlanta. And so he was the guy. But I think the Falcons kind of, you know, they really, I, in my opinion, I think they wasted Tevin Coleman. Right. I really do. Um, but, you know, with that being said, no, I would not pay Melvin Gordon at all. Now, Ezekiel Elliott's a little different because Elliott hasn't had a drop off. Elliot, you don't pay due to the off the field concerns. So you have Melvin Gordon on one hand who gives you the injury concerns, which by the way, Todd Gurley really didn't exhibit until after that contract. That's not really his fault. I mean, it was kind of a freak injury against the Raiders. And like many said, Todd probably shouldn't have played, but he continued to play. And keep in mind, this dude's playing through a pretty brutal knee injury and you're talking and, and he's you know he suffers it opening week and now you're talking about a guy that is now flirting with Ladanian Tomlinson's record i mean come on now like what if Todd Gurley is fully healthy like what i mean have we ever seen that i mean seriously so the thing is melvin gordon gets shelved todd gurley it takes him a while to go out and miss a game so you talk about the durability and the overall toughness i think todd has that edge and so melvin is not available as much as Todd. So no, I don't pay Melvin. And then with Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, he got suspended. He got in that fight in, in Vegas. I mean, regardless if he got, you know, he got off scot-free with the NFL, that worries me because it's once again, it's pulling down, you know, a girl's top. It's doing things like that, where it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're an NFL football player. You're one of the icons of this sport. You know, you're running back. I mean, you're going to get a lot of, you know, press a lot of talk, but you're the <laughs> right. Dallas freaking Cowboys. You can't be doing that. I mean, you're literally always in the news. Dak Prescott's in the news for just saying that he deserve. He said 
that he deserves a big payday, Zeke deserves a big payday, and Amari Cooper deserves a big payday. That he that was enough to put him in the news. So now you take Zeke Elliott and he's doing stuff on in the offseason while you see Todd Gurley out there doing, you know, turf uh drills with Saquon Barkley. You see Aaron Donald with his 12 pack. And then, oh, let's look. Oh, let's see what Ezekiel Elliott's doing. And so all his fans go to his account and, oh, he's in Vegas getting like he's hitting a cop or whatever he did. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, I think that's part of the problem. You said you're on the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're almost enablers sometimes. You always hear the Dallas Cowboys, you know, picking up those type of guys. Jerry Jones is about winning games. And, you know, if you can get away with something and he's got so much power in the league that he's going to kind of flex his muscles when it comes to protecting his guys. But uh, I'd be curious to see what would Zeke be like on a different team with maybe a different structure of authority, uh, which is interesting. But you kind of broke it down in a couple different ways, which is which is interesting. And kind of how I talked about it yesterday on the show was, yeah, Zeke's kind of more of a headache. And that's the reason why I don't give him the big bucks. And, and, and because of the headache, he's brought himself off the field. It's not injuries that he's missed games for. It's, it's more of, you know, code of conduct type of things. Obviously the suspension last uh, year, the previous year where he missed a big chunk of games at the beginning of the season. And then, you know, and you talked about Todd Gurley getting this injury or kind of the injury revisited uh, this year after the contract. And when we gave him the big bucks, we hadn't seen a sign of an injury. Yes. Back in college, but he had been so productive. We talked about how he earned that contract. Uh, Melvin Gordon, if he could stay on the damn field, he'd be crazy good. Uh, you know, I was doing some research on it and I was trying to find stats to kind of go against Gordon. And, you know, the only thing really you can find is, you know, the games that he's missed, but only, you know, looking back into the 2018 season, only three running backs averaged 70 plus rushing yards, 40 receiving yards per game. And that was Todd Gurley, uh, Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon. Uh, and then, you know, kind of looking at the four games that he missed, the Chargers went 4-0. So I'm thinking, OK, here we go. They're good without him. But their rushing yards per game went down almost 45 yards. Their total yards were about 20 yards down. And then their sacks per game, because he's also a great uh, protection running back, went up from 1.9 to 2.8. So uh, he has done some great work with the team, but it's just getting him on the field. So I don't know if he's worth this. Todd Gurley, $45 million guarantee. But I, I do think if you're a Chargers fan or if you're, you know, a Melvin Gordon guy, that he is, if it when healthy, is worth some sort of extension or a contract. I don't think he's worth kind of the quarterback market where we're seeing one quarterback just trump the next one and go, you know, one after the other and everyone just kind of breaks the record within a couple of days. Uh, but I definitely think that he's worth an extension. What that is, you know, if it's 25 million guaranteed, if it's 30 million, you know, significantly lower than a Todd Gurley, because obviously uh, the Rams are sitting here as a prime example of for those people that argue that running backs shouldn't deserve those big bucks because they're getting banged up and, you know, their life uh, in the NFL is a lot shorter than a lot of other positions. But uh, that's got to be a big sign to these two other teams that are looking at extending these you know elite running backs and you know if you're the chargers and you're right you're looking down the road and you see austin eckler who's been extremely productive when given an opportunities uh you're going man i don't really want to drop this big amount of money on a guy that's had i think three knee injuries uh since coming into the league so yeah interesting thing with these running backs and todd Gurley got in at the right time uh to be the first one to kind of get it done the rams were on a rampage of signing a lot of players and trying to get these young guys signed for a long time. So I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't go back and change uh, the, 
you know, Todd Gurley deal, maybe I'd try to get a better deal for the Rams and maybe start to look at maybe, okay, maybe not 60 million, maybe not 45 guaranteed. Uh, but I would, I really like that we don't have to go through this headache that we went through with Aaron Donald. Uh, Jared Goff has kind of thrown his hands up and said he's not really worried about the contract stuff. And that's going to come at a certain point. Uh, but it's nice to not have to worry about that. Nice to not to he- have to hear your star running back say, I'm not coming to camp and you can look to find me. And if they do find him, uh, he can lose some serious bucks. He can lose basically a million dollars during camp and preseason. It's about $40,000 a day. And if it hits the regular season, he can lose up to 330000 per week, uh, a total of $6.6 million if he wants to sit out. And there's a video going around of him uh, sitting and he's kind of watching like Sports Center, and they're talking about Le'Veon Bell and his dad's like, what, you think he's going to sit out the whole year? This was last year. And he said, yeah. And he goes, and I would do the same thing because you got to get paid. And it's like, you know, he's already got this in his head that he's going to get paid or he's going to sit out and it's going to be something to kind of watch in the LA market. But we're good. Todd Gurley, everyone's a little worried about his knee, but I I feel good about it. Uh, What we'll do is we'll step aside. Uh, We'll take our first break. We're off and running on the Wednesday edition. We've got Jake Ellen Bogan from Downtown Rams. I'm Bear Motter. Lockdown Rams Wednesday right after this. Where's the love? The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back Wednesday edition Lockdown Rams. We've got Jake Ellen Bogan with us from Downtown Rams. You can find him at JK Bogan DTR. Uh, I saw you put up a little, what's that, like uh, those old man face swaps going oh, yeah. on? You look like a, a distinguished gentleman with the mustache out there. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> those, I, I look like a 
homeless David Letterman. Uh, it <laughs> takes my beard and just goes running with it. I've had some friends send me pictures from the past and I'm like, either I look like a homeless David Letterman or like a cleaned up David Letterman in his retirement stage. So I'm not a big fan of them, but they've been pretty funny. I put a bunch of them up. If you guys go check out uh, Locked On Rams, I took a bunch of pictures from uh, Rams players and put a bunch of them up. Actually, I feel bad for uh, Mr. Whitworth, he looks almost the same, just kind of more gray beard. And I was like, wow, that looks almost like what he looks like now. So obviously he's getting up there. We'll see how much longer he'll be on the O-line for us. But uh, speaking of the O-line, uh, you put out a great article. Uh, you've been doing these player breakdowns, looking at the roster. And as we try to get down to 53 and we're coming you know, within a couple weeks of training camp here out in Los Angeles and across the, the football league here. But uh, you did a piece on Jamil Demby, a guy that was on our practice squad that we've seen in the preseason and do some good things. Uh, talk to me about where you think he sits as far as a chance to make this roster. What are some of the good things? What What are some things that maybe hold him back? Yeah, you know, so I, I look at this offensive line. I think you have to start from the fact that, you know, we don't really know what the Rams plan is because, I mean, Joseph Noteboom looked really good last year in limited opportunities. Uh, Brian Allen had extremely limited opportunities, so I couldn't really take anything away besides one really nice stone wall uh, he had on one of the, the snaps. I think he only had like 15 snaps. But, you know, to me, the thing that makes this whole room really confusing is them drafting Bobby Evans uh, in the third round after a trade-up because – the trade-up shows to me that he was a priority on their board. Um, you, you, we already know how I feel about Bobby Evans. I mean, he can obviously prove me wrong. I didn't really like the pick. That's not why I'm bringing that up and highlighting this, because they also got David Edwards, who I love that pick. But you drafted two tackles when you have Havenstein locked up long-term. You know, Whitworth is still here, and maybe... I mean, there's there's a rumor out there that I keep hearing that he might re-up for another year. Um, you know, that would be interesting. That would be uh, fun. But I think really just if he doesn't, the whole idea of Nopum going to left tackle, I mean, does that become Bobby Evans? Because I haven't heard anything about Bobby Evans, believe it or not. I've heard about David uh, David Edwards. And David Edwards has actually been playing left tackle. Um, he took some left tackle, num you know, uh, number one snaps. You know what I mean? So, and that was in OTAs. So, I mean, that's just really intriguing. Now, we know, you know, the Rams, you know, mix and matched. Uh, they had Havenstein as, like, the biggest guard I've ever seen. And they had Jamon Brown at right tackle at one point, and then they switched it right before the season started back to where it was. So I know they like to cross train and they like to kind of throw stuff together. Um, but with Jamil Demby, what's interesting with him is that he plays all five positions now, uh, according to recent reports and OTAs. So, you know, when you're talking about a guy that's trying to, you know, carve a spot on a roster and he's, you know, he plays in, on the offensive line. You know, the best way to make yourself, uh, you know, stand out, play every position on the offensive line, make right. it so it's impossible for the team to cut you. And now I'm not talking about just being average to below average at them. I'm talking, I mean, he can play, you know, this is somebody that I saw in person at the senior bowl. I can vouch for him. He looked good. Uh, he really did kid out of Maine. 
I mean, he's used to playing in not so uh, popular football. You know what I mean? Like there weren't a ton of people at a, a main football game as there are at a Rams game or so, you know, he didn't play at a giant D one school. So, you know, guys like that get overlooked. Um, you know, I think Jamil Demby is somebody that, you know, almost got away from them. I mean, if you remember, uh, his old main coach actually works for the Detroit Lions. And when the Rams went to negotiate a deal with him to bring him onto their practice squad, when he was signed over to uh, the Lions, that was why. Right. Um, because if you remember, the Lions cut him shortly after claiming him on the 53 because their intent was always to just make sure they got him and then just stash him on their practice squad. Um but then the Rams tried to get him back and negotiate, you know, get him on the practice squad. And, uh, you yeah, I remember that all kind of going, I remember that all going down and, and seeing kind of this angry army on Twitter going like, why yeah. are we letting this guy go? Uh, you know, if it's not I a good, very mad. yeah, if it's not a good fit right now, we got to keep him around and, you know, hopefully have him as a developmental player or whatnot. And, seeing him kind of come back was a good sign. So obviously, like you talked about, there is some connections with the Rams. They love, and you talking about him playing multiple positions. Uh, you always hear uh, Cromer talking about that, that, you know, that is the sign of the guy they're looking for a guy that can play four positions. And if you can throw in center, which it sounds like he's been doing a little bit as of late and really might be one of the angles to make that 53, to kind of be that flexible guy that can play multiple positions, including backing up Brian Allen. That way we don't have to, uh, you know, mess with moving anyone else into center uh, in, in that position. So, you know, it is kind of interesting to see how it fits. But you talked about drafting a couple linemen and, and trading up into the third round to go get uh, those guys and, and how that plays out because you don't want to go and, and, you know, waste some picks to go get people and then obviously not bring them onto the roster, but it calls comes down to camp and how people perform. So when you look at the roster and, you know, how many O-line are we expected to keep? And, you know, what does that really give him a chance for? I mean, you're looking at probably what, one or two, maybe three roster spots that are kind of open right now. Yeah. So, you know, the way I look at it, I mean, obviously Whitworth makes it, you know, your, your typical starters, uh, you know, Whitworth, Noteboom, Allen, uh, Blythe and uh, well, I mean, barring something crazy and maybe Blythe just lost the way he, you know, his confidence. I mean, we saw that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just say that's impossible. I mean, we saw that with Farrell Cooper. Um, so, I mean, it'd be really unfortunate to see somebody who was arguably the best guard in football, the first 11 weeks um, turn into one of the worst guards in football the last seven weeks. So, right. Um, you know, Blythe is definitely somebody that should make the roster, but barring something crazy, you know, that, um, <laughs> Rob Havenstein, uh, absolutely will make the roster. So, I mean, those are your first five and then it gets kind of tricky. I mean, obviously you talk about Edwards. I think Edwards has a lock. Uh, he was, you know, rolling with the ones that left tackle when Whitworth was out. Um, so, you know, now you have six. Bobby Evans, who you traded up for in the third, mm -hmm. that's seven. Um, and then, you know, I think Jamil Demby, to me, being able to play all five positions, I don't see them letting him go. So that's eight. So now you're up to eight. And what's interesting here is they actually kind of, in my opinion, put a premium on the offensive line. It's kind of weird because the team that drafted five offensive linemen over the last two drafts 
putting a premium on UDFAs, getting kind of some of the best guys available at that position was a little weird. Um, and what could have happened there is that they had a board and they wanted to get so-and-so, but then they realized all their so-and-sos that they wanted to get were available. So they're like, oh, we'll just take all the right, right. So, uh, you know, so, I mean, guys, I'm talking about guys like Brandon Hitner uh, from Villanova. I'm talking about uh, Vitas Rankowitz, who uh, Alexis and I interviewed on the show from Youngstown State. I think somebody that is in a really good spot, um, you know, to make this roster as a center. I, you know, he's got some, I, I feel like he's got some upside. Um, he's, he's a bully up front. I I've seen him, you know, really, I mean, he's, he can wreck guys basically. And I just, I think he's definitely, you know, I think Demby hurts his value, but I still think you have to keep probably three centers on that roster. You have to have three guys in my opinion. Um, so I, I think Vetus could make it. And, I'll also say that because keep in mind the Rams don't have him have to make a decision on Aaron Neary, who I also wrote about. Look, Aaron mm-hmm. Neary, I like him. You know, gets his second level with ease. He's a good blocker. He's feisty. He's got a mean streak to him. But at the end of the day, he's also got a mean streak yeah. off the field. And, you know, he's he's gotten in trouble with the law a couple times. It is drug related. So, I mean, I don't want to, you know, have people thinking that, you know, he's beating up people. Um but this is somebody that can't, you know, stay out of harm's way. Um, the Rams have held on to him because the Rams, hey, this is the same team that, you know, Troy Hill got suspended. Uh, Stedman Bailey got suspended. In the Les Snead era, it's very rare, and Jamon Brown last year, it's very rare to see the Rams just give up on a guy that got suspended because you have that allotted time to wait until they come back. So, like, why even make a move, you know, when they can just stay on the suspended yeah. list. And I think Mike Thomas was um, another guy that was suspended for four games in the last couple of seasons. And yeah, that was, that was a yeah. bummer because he was really catching on. And I think that really derailed his career because I mean, it, yeah. it might not. Have, and it's but, interesting. You know, I, and you know, it didn't really, you know, looking back to last year, you talked about Jamon Brown getting suspended and sitting out. And then all of a sudden that was Austin Blythe's ticket to the starting role and never gave it back. And that may be one of these things for Neary too. He doesn't have a starting role or anything like that, but if he was shooting for a roster spot, uh, this definitely put his timeline to try to get to make this team a lot difficult. You know, they have that time, that four weeks to think about it. Maybe they bring him back and they, you know, bring him back part of the practice squad. But now he's behind a couple other guys that have been there the whole time. And it really kind of hurts his value as far as, you know, making that roster faster. So uh, it is interesting because they, they have been stockpiling O-line. But I, I feel a lot more comfortable with that, especially because we got a couple new guys on the line. And we don't know really what we're going to get. And then, again, we always talk about it. But injuries it's something that we haven't dealt with a lot on the offensive line in the last couple years but it's almost you almost feel like our good juju is running out at some point like they got to start going down you're looking across the league and you know knock on wood here i'm not trying to you know jinx us or anything but at the same time you got to think about that when you're planning and you're looking at a roster is we got young guys and if we have any type of injury on this line to some of our veteran guys or guys that are our staple you know that we look to uh we're really going to Kind of, I don't want to say be in trouble, but you're going to have to have a, a plan B, plan C ready to roll. And I think that's what the Rams are doing, kind of like, you know, ironing up here and getting ready for all that. But uh, what we'll do, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll step aside. We'll be back on the other side. We'll talk quick little Madden stuff before we get out of here. Wednesday edition, Lockdown Rams, Jake and Bear, right after this. 
And in fact, before we get over to the last segment, guys, don't forget about our awesome, amazing partner here on the on the show, Blue Chew. That's right, bluechew.com. Go check it out. This isn't just for guys who can't perform in the bedroom. This is to give you an extra little boost. This is here to help you. This is for the... Uh, you know, the playoff push, shall you say, trying to get across the end zone. If you can't score some points, pop a Blue Chew, check it out. All you have to do is go to bluechew.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you get your first shipment for free. And that is right, for free. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping. Uh, most guys talk the good game, but Blue Chew is there to help you with the follow through. Uh, it is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, no Mr. Modder, your boner pills are ready over the loudspeaker. None of that. It just comes to your door. You are ready to go. Again, that is BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Try it for free. BlueChew is better, cheaper, and a faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be right back Wednesday edition right after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment Wednesday, Locked On Rams. You know that means Jake Ellenbogen is with us. We have been talking everything from do we pay the running backs? Are they worth it? We feel good with Todd Gurley. I think both of us are really excited about Todd Gurley this coming year and going to kind of shock the rest of the NFL that it's been doubting. Uh, we took a look at Jameel Demby and the offensive line and what we're doing and, and how those roster spots are going to shake out. And then I kind of just want to talk a little bit to kind of get out of here. One, do, do you play Madden? Does does anyone really play Madden anymore? Are you, Do you play Madden? Yeah, so I haven't played video games. I, I really don't play much anymore. I used to be like an <laughs> addict. Uh, but it was honestly halftime show for the Super Bowl because I don't watch the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, put on a rock band and maybe I'll watch it. But uh yeah, I was I was playing at halftime show. I was playing Madden. Um, I do get into it. it. It takes me a little bit. I think football, you know, just like when football comes back, it's like you do kind of get in that frenzy where it's like, you know, I have this uh, every every single Madden uh, game. I have this franchise I do with my cousins and it's like this online franchise mode. It's just so much fun. And, I mean, we've played it, you know, up until like 2033 before. Right. I mean, like we we go hard at it. So, you know, I'll probably get back into it. But it's just, you know, with all the stuff that, you know, obviously you do. I'm sure you don't really have much time to play video games. I really don't have time to play video games. So uh, as far as Madden, I've owned pretty much every single one. Except yeah, I'm I'm uh, I was I was a big Madden fan back in the day. Same like you. I think it was me and my buddy. We had this like ongoing uh franchise and we were drafting players and it was so much fun and we had yeah we were making up all of our you know by the time we were where we were at there was no real players i remember when like the last real player like you know uh retired and we're like oh my gosh now it's like all made up people we had a blast i think it was i don't even know what year that was maybe it was like 15 or something calvin johnson was on the cover i think if i can remember correctly but it was way back in the day but they changed a lot of things that I liked, and then there wasn't, didn't really seem like tons of improvement. It was like the same game over and over again. 
I have one of the older ones, like maybe, maybe it was last year's the year before. And I play that occasionally, like you said, when football season's coming around and getting excited. And, but it's funny when you go play online, it's either you play like people like me where you're like, wow, this guy kind of sucks too. And I think I have a chance to win. Or you're playing like a guy who lives on for like eight hours a day and he just murders you. And it's like 32 to nothing at halftime. You're like, this isn't even fun. I what happened to the old Madden? So I haven't, I haven't been, I've kind of hit or miss with the Madden, but occasionally you get the boys together and it's kind of fun uh, to throw Madden on and, and get a little tournament going on. But uh, obviously they're, they're unless they onsite kick it every single yeah, time. Yeah. And you can't stop it. And you're like, I hate you. This isn't even fun. I haven't even gotten the ball. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron Donald was one of the four people that was released over the last couple of days of that perfect overall 99 rating. Of course, it was like a no brainer that he was going to be up there. And if he wasn't, I might've picked up the, the Madden sticks to have my, uh, my major outlet of anger, uh, but he makes it 99. And then looking at some of the other players here, uh, Todd Gurley, highest ranked running back, number 97. I love to see that. Obviously, the maybe the Madden people stopped watching football around week 14 and just said, hey, let's, let's lock this in because I know a lot of people were pretty angry about that. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, the only other Ram player to rank in in the 90s, the 93 uh, you get a combo of wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods at 86. I saw you tweet out with uh, a little bit of anger and, and questioning of Johnny Hecker at an 86. Uh, but looking at some of these yeah. players, were you shocked by anybody? Does Do you like where players fit in? Jared Goff, 83, which uh, I think as far as quarterbacks, uh, wasn't terribly upset with that. I think that put him at like, 12th on the list it was like pat pat mahomes tom brady philip rivers drew Brees, andrew luck russell wilson aaron Rodgers, matt ryan ben rothsberger and cam newton came in at 84 and then our boy came in at 83 but any any problem with any of these rankings um yeah yeah uh okay so i actually did an article um it was a month ago and i ranked all the rams players on the roster and I used the rating scale that Madden has. Basically my rating scale was elite is 90 to 99. Great is 85 to 89. Good is 80 to 84. Average is 75, 79 below average 70, 74 replacement level 69 and below. Uh, Jared Goff. Uh, when I found out he was an 83, I mean, like just think about this, Mark Bulger, the year the Rams went to the playoffs and lost to the Falcons, that year in that video game he was an eighty four. Was Mark Bulger then better than Jerry Goff <laughs> now? Who really? No, I mean like come on, like really, like I mean Jerry Goff is only the only guy in his way to break records. Jim Everett, he's the all time you know passing. Uh, yards leader for the Rams and Kurt Warner, all the single season stuff. I actually had in a, another article, I had the five bold predictions where Jared Goff would finish runner up for the MVP and Jared Goff would also break all of Kurt Warner's single season uh, records. And basically Warner replied <laughs> to our uh, article and he sounded happy to do that. You know, he, he, he's rooting for Goff. So to all those uh, Rams fans that don't like Kurt Warner because he 
you know, played on the Cardinals. Well, it's been, it was interesting because a couple of the guys, I think Jared Goff came in above, uh, were guys that you're constantly kind of arguing against. I think he was above, uh, Carson Wentz. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I had the list here and I can't find it. It was one of my 9 million tabs and I probably closed it, but, um, there were a few quarterbacks that, you know, I would like to see him above. And you talked about kind of, you know, going back to that Bulger comparison, um, but looking at the top, I mean, it is tough to argue against some of these guys, uh, but I probably would have had him ahead of Cam Newton. I probably would have had him ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, which I know probably upsets a lot of people. Um, and and Matt play. Ryan's a question mark, man, because when Matt Ryan is on, Matt Ryan is on. He definitely had a bounce back year last year. Uh, but it's tough because Russell Wilson, especially in a Madden world and Aaron Rodgers in a Madden world with their scramble ability, and even if it's not something that they – you know, that would maybe rank them in live action or, you know, but in a video game, it definitely gives them an advantage. So I, I do see some of these, the, these top guys, and they also come with, you know, how are you going to move anyone ahead of Tom Brady other than Pat Mahomes, who's like almost like the Michael Vick cheat code as the quarterback probably this year. Uh, but it was pretty interesting to come out and see, you know, some players care. <laughs> like you see people retweeting being like, I think it was, um, Lawrence yeah. from the Cowboys that he was like trying to boycott the game and trying to get Cowboy fans to like write petitions to get a better grade. Uh, then I saw a couple of players that came out and were basically like, dude, I could care less. I'm excited. I'm in a video game, but um, it, it's weird motivation for these guys. I can't imagine what it's like to see yourself in a video game other than when I create my player and he's like six foot 10 and he's like runs like a four two, you know, 40. And I'm like, that's me just like identical. But to see yourself and actually have like, you know, attributes and see it. But uh, Cooper Cup with the 84, hopefully on the bounce back. Uh, we got a lot of players in, in the 80s. But really, the other thing that was kind of shocking to me uh, was it's the Eagles and the Cowboys near the top as far as best teams. And the Rams um, almost, I have to pull it up again and see if I can find they were sixth in the NFC. It, in that's the NFC. Atrocious. Like, that's crazy, you know? And it, Okay, so it goes like, Eagles, or sorry, um, yeah, the the Eagles were 89 overall, Cowboys 88, Saints 87, Pats 87, Green Bay 87, Falcons 86, which you're like, mm, okay. Um, and then, uh, like, like, yeah, okay. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you got to see that in real life. Uh, and then obviously Colts at 86 and then the Rams coming in at 85. So, and tied with the chargers at 85, but I would have liked to see us a little higher as being, you know, defending NFC champs and, you know, having the best running back in the game and having some, some high talent. But again, it's a video game. It's one of these things where, you know, some people are listening and like, who cares? I'm kind of one of those people, but it's always interesting as far as, you know, they, they take the series. They have guys at every game and readjusting the, you know, their ratings, the rating adjusters. So it's like, it's kind of legit as far as how they go about it. Uh, so it is kind of interesting uh, to look at a little bit. Except they clearly just, uh, you know, they put on the blinders when number 58 was out there making plays. Corey no Lewis love. being a 75 is just a total no joke. love. Like total joke. And then Samson, you become being an 80. Like, I'm sorry. Like I like Samson, but like Samson has one good game in his entire career. Samson has been a disappointment. I mean, like, let's be real here. Like the fact he got a an 80 overall yeah. and Corey Littleton who made the pro bowler uh, pro bowl as a special team. Yeah. How many punts does he have he to block? Honestly, right. How many punts? 
<laughs> that alone. But then when you look at like the play he made in the Super yep. Bowl, since you know, it seems like this ratings team is like, all they care about is like one play. I mean, like just think about this: Brandon Cooks in his best season, he went down in overall <laughs> rating. Like what? How do you even justify that? Like how did Robert Woods stay the same? He had his best career season. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just like it's asinine, really. Like, and that's why, like, I, I'm not trying to get mad over here, but it's like. Dude, like when your job is to like do ratings and stuff, like maybe take more pride. Maybe look at like last year's ratings and be like, Jared Goff was an 84. How the hell did he get worse? Like, that's what you're saying to me. If you rate him lower, you're saying he got right. worse. No, that's these I mean, are these are great. You know, that's yeah. That's these are great points you, you bring up too when you when you also are comparing from past seasons and looking at you know how people got better but yet moved backwards. And it is. And I, I like going back to what I said, they have these guys that, I mean, it's like their jobs to go to the game and, you know, they've got a system or an algorithm, but you think they'd work a little bit closely uh, with pro football focus. Who's very stat driven and, you know, kind of, I saw. And they say and, they do, but then but it like, was funny. Cause I saw pro football focus come out and they had like an article that basically said, uh, these were pretty good evaluations and these, five really sucked you know and it was kind of, so it was like they kind of called him out yeah. too but richard sherman 93 it, overall that's a name Dude, i am one of the biggest richard yeah. sherman fans yeah that's right? just um like just his story and what he did you know coming out of compton and going to stanford i i mean yeah. i applaud him and i always wanted him to be a ram but the fact of the matter is at this point in his career richard sherman is not in the 90s no he's not and I think Jared Goff, to me, I think they got it wrong. I think he's an 89 because I would say he is right on the cusp of right. being elite. I think he's got another year. That goes but back into kind of that national and- skew on Jared Goff on how good people actually think he is and and how much they actually give it yeah. to Sean McVay. And it's crazy. I saw another, I can't remember, I wish I had saved this tweet, but it was somebody that had, you know, that's kind of in uh, the sports world and they broke down uh, Dak Prescott and Jared Goff and where their release points came and they picked the most uh, attempts in the game and they they tried to get an idea of you know how they moved in the pocket and it was trying to grade on their decision making ability and it was like with when he came to breaking down Dak he was like Dak always fades away and it's it's basically it was Dak's issue and then when he looked at Jared Goff he was like McVeigh uses him to spread the ball from left or it was like McVeigh using him like a puppet. I'm like, wow. Like how yeah, does Dak oh, get know. his own responsibility so for, and then I saw, uh, you know, uh, some stuff, obviously a lot of clips, you know, coming through about uh, Jared Goff and just looking at how he goes through the progression and moving around and creating the play to extend. I mean, he's not like we talked about being that scrambling. He's not like this amazing scrambler, but he can move in the pocket a lot and keep a play alive uh, he just doesn't get credit for that. So I guess we're just going to have to go win a couple Super Bowls and let the media understand that, you know, better get used to this guy. And uh, so we'll have to figure that out. But Jake, man, I appreciate it. I always have a great time chatting with you. I can't wait till next week when we get closer to training camp. Uh, and we're only weeks and weeks away till you're out here for week two for that Saints game, which is going to be a blast. So uh, excited to continue to have those conversations uh, and look forward to talking to you again soon, my man. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm really looking forward to uh, meeting you in person. Uh, looking forward to the, the Saints game. I mean, just think, you know, they scheduled that game to be week two. That is, there's only been two games the Rams have played since playing the Saints until they play mm. them again. That, yeah, that is something else. I don't, I 
don't recall that. I mean, for the Rams anyway, I don't recall that being a thing uh, because I know they, they like to do that with the Patriots. But one last thing I'll say, and this might piss off some people, but I don't care. If Tom Brady had lost that Super Bowl, would he have even lost any points <laughs> no, on his overall no. rating in Madden? <laughs> like, seriously, I swear to God, he was outplayed by Jerry Goff until the like the end, really. Um, Goff didn't even play well. But I mean, let's let's not like give you know Tom Brady the cake. I mean, he dumped it off to Julian Edelman, who basically Wade Phillips entire scheme for that game was to just funnel it into Julian Edelman. Don't allow the deep play. Don't allow the big play. He can take up all the yards, you know, they want. But at the end of the day, we can make we can force turnovers and we can play bend or break. And that's what they did until the end. And, you know, he made a great throw. But let's be real here. Tom Brady being ahead, like Aaron Rodgers being a 90 is atrocious. Matt Stafford being a 79. Like, do you even watch football? Andy Dalton is only three (laughs) overall ratings lower than Goff. Like Andy Dalton and Goff. Like, I'm sorry, you put like Goff on the the Bengals and I think people would shut up. I really do. I think Jared Goff has unfortunately had a blessing and a curse. McVay's the blessing. The curse is also McVay because he has McVay. And so everyone thinks he's not good and McVay gets all the credit. But if he were to go to, say, the Bengals and he had an offensive line, I'm not saying they have an offensive line, but as long as they protected him somewhat, he has A.J. Green. Like, congrats, Andy Dalton. A.J. Green might not even be a Hall of Famer because he's <laughs> stuck in Cincinnati. Well, prison. with the new head, with new head coach out there, new offensive system, there might be a little change in uh, how his production goes. Well, that, yeah, now, now there will. McVay, uh, McVay, <laughs> yeah, 2.0 will, going out out there. But um, yeah, no, yeah. there's definitely some some complaint forms that you could fill out for those quarterbacks and the whole list, but. Uh, That is a way to end the show with a nice, fun little rant. And anytime we can take a jab at Tom Brady, I'm all for it. He's won enough rings. uh, Time to move on. Go retire. Hang out with your wife a little bit more. Come on. (laughs) Come on, Tom. (laughs) But with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.